Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on February the 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, holding my box of tissues. You mean, uh, you're not going to mention Tuesday? <laughs> Caffeine rage. On today's show, we're going to talk about our February game club, which is Snake, Pla- Snake, blah, 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 Snake Pass. We will bring up our next game club and we'll catch up on the community corner we've got four articles submitted by you guys best buy locks nvidia rtx gpus behind obscene 200 paywall meet the hundreds of horse girls running red dead online's kindest posse ubisoft's latest galaxy brain move is to gift scammy nfts to its employees and a pro gamer fired after saying men under five foot seven inches quote, don't have human rights, end quote. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Yes, I almost said Tuesday to 2222, but I, I did not. I refrained. But then you, you got in there and you did it anyway, so. Why not live with a teacher, so, right? Right. I have yeah. seen it plastered all over my Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Um... It was joked about at work very briefly, but like I said in our uh, preview, and, and then Sarah complains about, well, what about Jesus Day? Oh, well, that's every day. At the very least, it's every Sunday. I saw a uh, yeah. Then then she goes out and be ter- uh, terrible to the wait staff. Right. I saw a uh, YouTube short. Somebody was like, you know, I. Uh, Aren't you a Christian? It's like, yeah. Why don't you go to church? I don't wanna. Why don't you? Why don't you tithe? I don't wanna. Why don't you do this and that? And like every answer was like, I don't wanna. And the guy was like, you don't seem very much like a Christian to me. And he was like, actually, I'm like the majority of them. <laughs> and I was like, ha ha! I see the joke. Well, see, I've uh, successfully uh, filtered out most of the YouTube shorts. Yeah. So I don't see them on my computer anymore, at least. Well, I'll sit there and I'll I'll browse them on my phone and then hate myself afterwards. Hey, I look at I look at it this way: if I wanted to watch YouTube Shorts, I wouldn't because I'd be on fucking TikTok. I I have at least that long of attention span that I could watch something that's longer than sixty fucking seconds. Yeah, I will. I will sit down and I will open it up every time. The same cycle plays out every time. Eh, just like one or two while I you know, eat this quick snack or, you know, stand up and stretch my legs or, you know, sit down for a moment because I'm doing things. And then it's like 15 or 20 minutes pass. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. I hate myself. I could have just watched a YouTube video of something that was more interesting instead of like sifting through dozens of shitty shorts for like the two that were good. But the cycle repeats every time I sit down. I'm like, oh, one or two. Might be some funny ones. They, they fucking got me. I hate it. I hate them and I hate myself for it. I filtered it out on my computer completely. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't watch them on my computer. And I don't bother with them on my phone. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets me. But anyways, where, what were we talking about before that? Before I like 
Self-flagellated there for a moment? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you got off on the knockoff of uh, pedophile uh, Tinder. Right. I mean, that's uh, on like, brand uh, for uh, me. Let's be uh, real. Uh, I mean, I've I've heard uh, TikTok uh, referred to that. I think it was on The Daily Show. And I just cannot unhear that now. Yeah. I so don't know very that. much about TikTok, the, uh, the company and the history and all that. I assume it's not good. Just, I know it's from China. I assume it's not good. Things from the Chinese tech space tend to spy on people, but... So there is that. That's uh, neither here nor there, I suppose. Mm. So, should we give it a pass? (laughs) Oh, I don't know why I like that so much, but yes. Yes, we should. A snake pass. You, nobody can see me. Nobody can see this, but I like turned my head to one side and then jerked it really quick forward, like for dramatic, a, a dramatic like camera moment, something. I don't know. Yeah, I think you've been watching too many of those YouTube shorts, <laughs> and, and they've just dried your brain more so I mean, than usual. I was gonna say I already started there. Also, if I just randomly disappear, my power went out. I can. I don't think you can hear the thunder, but I. It's really loud. the 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 heavens opened and the floodgates released a deluge of of water and thunder and lightning. Like ten well, well, minutes before we sat down, well, well, and it's see, still he- going. Well, see, heaven's trying to recall their uh, fat Jesus, <laughs> right? The lady but- identified me as Jesus, and now heaven wants me back. Yeah, just beware of the Romans. Right. Nasty Roman fucks. That's uh, that's something that'll come out in Franken content at some point. Maybe, right? Oh, definitely. It'll definitely. Because, I mean, this will be going in for the next Franken episode, and there's going to be at least one of those coming up the week that I'm, I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe two, depending on how long it takes for Spectrum to get their asses out and hook up the interwebs at the new house and then for me to get the house wired for ethernet i might could do an episode on my laptop one week uh using the wi-fi's but Ooh, we'll, that, we'll just that, that is a lot of uh, storms uh, <laughs> i'm uh no, no i've called up the weather from uh, your area yeah and, and it, it looks almost as bad as your state's covid map oh that's rough oh who I'm am an... i kidding you don't have a covid map that's you. You make a good point. What is the? Let's let's look at the weather radar. No, Weather Channel. Why? Why do you care that I've got ad blocker? Uh, AccuWeather. Do you care? I'm in a flood watch for my area. That's nice. Yep. See interactive map. Yeah, it's just a conga line of storms. Oh yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. And- well, I use a Weather Underground app, uh, so it gives the general direction of the storms, and it's just, you know, all of them lining up perfectly to just, you know, tap dance all over you. Oh, yeah, for hours, red, purple, oh, there's some green. Oh, no, wait, no, the green zone was like 30 minutes ago. Now we're in the red and yellow, then there's some green again, and then red and yellow, <laughs> red and yellow. Yeah, if uh, your neighbor starts building a boat, I would start bargaining to get on it. 
Yeah. Especially if they start uh, collecting animals. Right. Let's, uh, so with that in event, that uh, possibility of my power going out from massive storms or me being, you know, called back home to the, the good Lord almighty. Uh, I just shuddered saying that even as a joke. Let's, uh, let's go do our game club for this month. Um, Game Club, for anyone who doesn't know, is a designated time where Rage and I play the same game at the same time, and we talk about it. Things we like, don't like. Spoilers abound for Game Club, although this month, not too many of those, given the nature of the game. For February, we played Snake Pass, a very cute platforming game without jumping. It's a physics-based platformer that doesn't have your character jumping. Because you play a cute little snake by the name of Noodle. Uh, with his buddy Doodle. With his buddy Doodle, a little bird. Yeah, which, first of all, I, I think I'm uh, going to say this right off. Fuck that bird. <laughs> Why do you hate the bird? Because uh, towards the end of my playtime with it, I got to about level 10 or 11. It seemed like every time I moved the camera, the bird was right in the uh, middle of the camera. And, Doodle, I I like you, I respect you, but move your fucking ass! (laughs) I'm sitting here uh, uh, dangling over spikes of doom on some sort of weird bamboo contraption that's spinning around. Move! Right. Poor little doodle. He's a cutie pie. So is Noodle. Noodle's a cutie pie. Noodle's cuter, though. Noodle is cuter than Doodle. So, I mean, there's not much of, of, of what to go in for story. Basically, uh, well, it could just be because I didn't complete the game. I got two-thirds of the way through. And things were starting to get real. <laughs> yeah. Right? What level did you say you got to? I, I think I got to 10 or 11. King and I got to level 9. Let's just put it this way. A lot of spikes, a lot of uh, fire and lava. Uh, and a lot of moving platforms and uh, moving contraptions. Which makes for a fun time. Uh, so the idea of the game is that you are the uh, guardian of these different gateways. And something stole all the gems powering the gateways, and you're going through and recovering them throughout the levels. And it has this, like, 90s, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say 90s aesthetic, but yeah, uh, it feels like a 90s platformer, or late 90s uh, mascot platformer. Think uh, Banjo-Kazooie, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, with modern graphics, where it has that styling and uh, with the uh, music and the uh, rather good level design. Yeah, I, I was going to, you know, I, I do want to say, like, before we get away from that, like, actually, I think you're right. I do think that it, it feels like a a spiritual successor or, like, the next evolution of that mascot 3D platformer. Because it's very vibrant and pretty, and the level design is excellent. And the soundtrack is is cute and and although there know, were just, times that I was able to kind of exploit the level design. Well, I'm not yeah. sure if my design or not. 
but um you know i i think you're right actually in saying that i hadn't thought about it that way but you know hearing you say that i'm like no yeah no that feels that feels correct this feels like you know i can imagine like there being a you know series of 3d platformers that carried on you know and and this was uh the next one in an entry of one or a new one you know trying to make its mark i could see that certainly better than ukulele was yeah that that's why i was trying to think of ukulele uh tried to rekindle that, uh, and it released after this. Uh, and in some respects it did well, and others it didn't. But this also has the uh, tradition of having a camera that sometimes works against you. <laughs> right. Uh, especially towards... It is a very short game. I do want to uh, stress this right away. There's 15 levels in the game. Alright? Yeah. There's and, some replayability if you yeah. want to get all of the collectibles. Yeah, um, which there it doesn't really unlock anything as far as I can tell. It's just I don't yeah, think so. Which I, is a feels like a bit of a missed mark. You know, you know, throw some concept art or at least something on that, you know? Yeah, I did went go and look at a couple of things. Um once you beat the game you get like a little vision mode where you can go back and replay levels and you can like toggle the vision mode and you can see all of the collectibles and then you just have to figure out how to get to them. I think that's pretty nice, especially, I mean, this game very, you know, feels very clearly marketed to children. I mean, my kid is the perfect age to play this game now. Um, yeah, you know, but and I can the, see that being a good feature difficulty, for though. Uh, So uh, I think we should uh, talk about game mechanics. So, you play as Doodle, and you control Doodle, who is a snake, as you would expect a snake, in order to move forward, kind of push forward on the joystick. And Well, there's two modes. There's uh, a kind of uh, tr- uh, hold down the trigger and move your head back and forth, and then there's an easier mode, which is uh, kind of a combination of uh, pressing forward like you normally would with a platformer, with uh, moving back and forth to essentially speed up. Mm-hmm. Got and, a slither. Yeah, I I found the easy mode to be a little bit more intuitive. Uh, uh, you know, obviously. And instead of uh, jumping, you climb up on things and you wrap yourself around them, and lift yourself uh, up with it. So uh, it kind of reminded me of a meme Kyle posted on the Discord ages ago about a snake trying to steal uh, steal something out of a microwave, and you see this long, uh, like, boa constrictor trying to steal something out of the microwave. Yeah. And that's the idea of the game, is that you're controlling essentially the snake's head and maybe midsection if you're gripping onto something. I do think that there's one other power-up that I didn't get to that was only in, like, the last couple levels where it brings Doodle into things a little bit more where you get a bit more of a hover. And that's the other thing, is that uh, you can call in Doodle to essentially pick up your tail and partly uh, levitate you, but it's only to really uh, get you up onto a platform if you have, like, your head and a little bit of your body up to give you a little bit more purchase. Yeah. And that's really the crux of the game, is that you're uh, navigating these physics-based uh, levels with uh, varying levels of uh, difficulty and uh, moving platforms and throwing switches and rotating things. 
pushing uh, balls in different areas uh, into yeah recesses to trigger uh, things. Yep. And swimming collecting things in the water. Yeah, which the swimming mechanic is actually really good. Although it is nice to not have to worry about you know little things like drowning. <laughs> right. That is true. You don't you don't drown. Um, I think that this game is a perfect example of taking an interesting design concept, playing it out to its logical conclusion, building a really solid game around it, and not forcing it to overstay its welcome. I mean, you're right. The game is fairly short. Um, you know, I've got... Well, at least the main game. I mean, you can go a little bit more nuts going into some of the collectibles, which are pretty well hidden from what it seems like. Yeah. But I had I've got um about ten hours on Steam. Um King and I have played this before a couple of years ago when he was first sort of beginning his video games journey. Um and we just we restarted, so I'm uh don't know how long this current playthrough is. I didn't think to to check that out. But Yeah, I think I got you know two or three hours uh, in one session and I got most of the way where I went. I'm probably up to about four hours. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it takes the concept of like, hey, you're a snake. Do puzzle platforming as a snake really well. The physics feel correct. I don't, you know, I have no idea what it's actually like to be a snake and slither around, right? But the physics feel yeah, like how I fat. think Jesus, that they you're should. Not, you're not Satan. You're right. But the physics feel like how I think that they should. The game feels fair. At times it's difficult. There's little difficulty spikes here or there or like big challenges that you have to kind of figure out how to overcome. But then once you do and you get the hang of it, those can show up in later levels and not be as big of an issue so that you can learn the next challenge or how to overcome the next thing. Like, I feel like it it does its mechanics really well and plays them out in a logical way that, that makes sense and throws on just enough little cute storytelling to, you know, give you a little bit of a hook. Um... But yeah, I mean, I think it executes that idea pretty much perfectly. Yeah, this is one of the rare physics-based platformers that didn't highly piss me off. I have a history of really not enjoying physics platformers, mostly because they take essentially what would be a normal good platformer and ruin it, you know? Yeah. But this is, you know, you're not, you know, uh, running around with totally not Mario, right? Yeah. And they take a game that it makes sense that it would uh, control completely differently and apply that. You know, you're not going to have a snake jumping around. Well, at least in theory. Uh, and, and they build the levels around it where it makes sense and it's not... Uh, it doesn't feel like it's a... Uh, got you moment where aha you didn't do exactly what the developers expected you to because there was some areas where I found alternative routes uh, that were either bypassing puzzles or using puzzles in different ways there was uh, like one area in like level 8 or 9 where you're uh, expected to go up this like bamboo ladder but I found uh if I got enough speed climbing, I was able to kind of uh, get my head up onto a ledge, get Doodle to uh, bring my tail around, climb up, 
and partially bypass uh, a rather tricky series of grips and uh, you know stretches to be able to go up this area. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing is that uh, there is difficulty spikes, there is uh, uh, challenges that will challenge you. Uh, challenges that will challenge you. Uh, lovely uh, way to phrase it, right? Uh, there, there, there's uh, there's set pieces that are designed around approaching it a certain way, but then there's others that it rewards you for a little bit more abstract uh, uh, thinking, or once you figure out how to manipulate Doodle, uh, that you could take a quicker route around it that is perhaps a little bit more risky. Yeah. We, uh, you know, to kind of speak to that, like, different ways to do puzzles, like, my kid would, you know, just be like, should I go for it? Should I go for it? I'm like, go for what? Especially the first couple times and stuff. I'm like, go for what? What do you mean? He's like, I'm gonna go for it. And he would just, like, launch Noodle out forward. And there's a certain amount of video game momentum that it carries. So he, you know, would launch Noodle out over something with, like, his head up. And could like turn around and bring him back. He's like, I got the coin or I got the little bubble thing. And <laughs> I'm like, I would have definitely fallen and tried to do that. It's like, you know, or, or, you know, alternate routes that I don't think these were even intended to be designed, but it's like being able to go around the outside of the level and sometimes climb up the side of, uh, you know, a statue or a, you know, a wall or something that I don't think you're necessarily supposed to be able to do that, but the game physics are robust enough that you can can do so if you can sort of curl yourself up properly or, you know, find just a little bit of purchase and then like pull your head up and, and like you said, get doodle to pick up your tail and, you know, things like that. So. Yeah. It looks like there's a small amount of speed runs on this as well. Uh, I just, yeah, it looks like the world record's 32 minutes. To beat no, the whole thir- game? 30 minutes. Yeah. To beat the whole game. Nice. Um, I don't know how much else I have to say about it. This might be the shortest game club of all time. I mean, uh, this was uh, kind of picked by design to be kind of a filler game club, but not just skip a month because, you know, moving, selling your house, that sort of thing. Right. I get, you know, I, I get that in that intent or like, you know, the way that you're using the word filler, but I really... Yeah, I mean, this was a cleanser, I think, is how I would describe it. Uh, Fair enough on that one. You know, we've had many, you know, we've had plenty of shorter game clubs. We've had plenty of longer Mm -hmm. ones. But this was just different and cute and fun in a way that we don't get out of game club very often, if ever. And it was also good. It was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly this is helping me keep to my, you know, sort of thing, my New Year's resolution or whatever you want to call it to like play more games with my kid like this was a good one maybe that's how i'll wind up ranking all my game club games this year which you know best to play <laughs> with my kid looking at the list uh that we've got so far mm, oh no two weeks uh two months from now it's going to be a fun one <laughs> yeah but yeah probably not the one for march but the one for april i could see my kid liking a lot. He has similar taste in games to me about a lot of stuff, so. Um, we're going to play 
this is way off topic, of course, but we're going to play Pajama Sam soon. Oh. <laughs> All three of us are going to sit down and play that together because Katie uh, was talking I, about... I, I, I've showed you Brutal Moose before, right? I don't... If you oh. have, I don't remember it. It's funny you mentioned Pajama Sam. He did a review of Pajama Sam 4. And uh, he he is wacky. Okay. Uh, he, he does food stuff. He does uh, arcade stuff. He does uh, retro video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a YouTuber that doesn't do a ton of stuff, but when he does... He has like this retro aesthetic. Okay, I'm I'm gonna link you the brutal moose, and I want you to start it whenever we're done, because I want to hear your reaction. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, done with the episode, of course. Right. Yeah. The, I I I've meant to send you uh, brutal moose before, so this will be fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, you know it's uh, it's a good game, good palate cleanse, um, a lot of fun, just nice and light I, and I'm, breezy. I'm not 100 percent sure if I would agree with a 20 dollar price tag on this one, but that's right. Yeah, I don't remember what I paid for it because I bought this game forever ago, specifically to play with my kid, mm-hmm. and we did. I mean, we played it before, but like I said, it was like night and day because he's played you know, several years worth of video games now and has increased his dexterity a lot and his, you know, reading skills and his, uh, you know, puzzle solving skills. So, I mean, you know, he's not as good as me, but he's also seven. So, you know, but I, but I can sit back and he can actually complete levels on his own with little to no prompting and we can like giggle and laugh at stuff along the way. It's like, I'm going to go for it. (laughs) And, you know, uh, uh, th- that is one thing that uh, I did find a little bit annoying was at times the checkpoints felt a little bit too spread out. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that we didn't highlight is that there's a checkpoint system in the game and uh, there'd be times that you would have to go through like three major set pieces to get to another checkpoint. Yeah. And there is a and if you f- uh, fail, it uh, essentially resets you completely to that checkpoint. Never mind the fact that whatever you picked up along the way. Yep. I was going to say, including losing items. Yeah, no live system as far as I could tell. Uh, The closest you get to essentially health is uh, on the levels with uh, all the lava and fire. Uh, You do have a little bit of a reprieve, but if your tail touches a spike, you're dead. Yeah. That's the other thing is, yeah. It could be a little bit annoying with the checkpoints and the camera sometimes really sucks. There there was one time I was trying to climb a bamboo uh, ladder. Doodle kept getting in the way and whenever I'd move uh, the camera it would uh, uh, show me a really good picture of a uh, decently textured leaf instead of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good leaf. Who's a good leaf? You're a good leaf. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm okay to leave it if you are. I mean, I've, I've said my piece. Uh, two thumbs up. Great if you've got kids, and even good if you don't. 
I would go one and a half. Uh, don't ask me how I got the half a thumb. It was a terrible mandolin accident. I was making French fries, and look, I, there, there's a reason why I use the cut-resistant gloves now. Right. Fair enough. All right. Well, our next game club for the month of March is uh, Lake. Um Lake is available on, I believe, Game Pass. I mean, you can obviously buy it, but I think it's on Game Pass. Uh, yeah. Um, Lake is a uh, 80s, or a game that's set in the 80s, sort of adventure game. Um, just supposed to be a nice, casual story game to play. I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, it's about somebody sort of going on an adventure of personal discovery and growth. In, the in their hometown. In their hometown, yes. Uh, in uh, Going Postal. Going Postal. Indeed. Yeah, because she works as a male woman. Male lady. Male, male delivery person. Uh, no, no, she's female. A malesman. That's, that's not any better. That's worse. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, so. Lake. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a nice, easy, breezy game to play and enjoy on my laptop while I'm moving. Um, if everything goes according to plan, I will be moving in the middle-ish of March. Um, and we've got one, two, three, four, five weeks in March, so I'm hoping to be moving early middle of March, but because of weird things, there's this like big window where we might be moving. I'm hoping it's yeah. Uh, which the planned uh, recording date for this would be March 29th, right now. Yeah. So there is a possibility, if everything goes the worst that it could be, that I will be moving on March the 26th and 27th, which is the weekend before. But we're supposed to be closing on the 11th, which would mean moving the 12th and the 13th. But because of weird stuff about the, the specific type of loan this person has, we also could close the next week or the next week. I don't, I don't understand. It, all this stuff is weird. It makes no sense to me. It's like, I just want to buy a house. Take my money and, and let me have the house. But no, can't do that. I'm not bitter. I'm You're not bitter. grumpy. I, I'm not bitter, I, you're bitter. I'm not bitter, you're bitter. It's not me, it's the kids who are wrong. That's not true, it's probably me. Yeah, which I never posted on the uh, Game Club uh, discussion that we were doing Snake Pass. Whoopsie Whoops. doodle. Do that for, for Lake. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's, that's where we're at. Um, you ready to move on to our first news topic? Uh, Sure. Alrighty. First news topic of the night. Best Buy locks NVIDIA RTX GPUs behind obscene $200 paywall. Oh my god, I've got so many things uh, popping up as I right. navigate over to this topic. Yeah. No, I, I don't mean, want your news and offers. I mean, first of all, what the hell, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, I, I mean, I do understand them trying to combat the Massive scalping crypto fuckery that's going on with GPUs. 
But this is just, you know, a scam. Yeah. So, so this paywall is, in order to buy a, a, a one of the flagship NVIDIA graphics cards, you have to buy into their, essentially, version of Prime. Yeah, but they're... But you get practically nothing out of this. You're getting free Geek Squad support. And Geek Squad has got a stellarly shitty reputation. <laughs> free uh, delivery and standard installation uh, on Best Buy purchases. Uh, purchases. Uh, VIP access to uh, the phone and chat team. Support teams. I mean, it's just... This is not worth $200. This is not worth $50. Yeah. What does it mean up to 24 months of product protection with an active membership? What does that mean? It's like an extended warranty thing. Uh, I think that what so. That means? Uh, essentially. Mm. I mean, just I'm looking at their uh, total tech membership benefits and I'm not seeing the benefit. Yeah. Neither am I. I mean, this is, you know, like you said, this is, well, okay. What they're going to say what they, is that this is an attempt to prevent scalpers and other things from, you know, we're going to make it harder for them to buy these GPUs. And there are ways to do that that are much less gammy and problematic than this. I mean, there's not really a good way to do it without getting some kind of backlash. You know, you could say, you know, one GPU per person. You know, and it's like, well, somebody's like, well, you know, I run multi GPU setup, you know, like I, I run them an SLI like that's shitty and like, sure, that's true. And that might be shitty, but that's less shitty than saying, oh, if you want to buy one, you have to give us an extra two hundred dollars on top of the already exorbitant price of these graphics cards. So. This is terrible. Although, I mean, you know, I don't know who's buying new GPUs right now, you know, like. I mean, I, I know people are buying I mean, them. Yeah, like, GPUs are just stupid expensive. I have a friend that's uh, wanting to get a uh, new gaming computer. And it's just... Uh, well, outside of some absolutely ridiculous builds I've seen, uh, trying to help her, it's just massively, massively uh, increased in price. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I've looked at, I, you know, I, I was putting that money for a new computer, but with the house, like, I pulled that money out to use for our house. But, you know, I, like, I was looking at it, and I was like, well, I can get everything that I need and uh, just keep my GTX 1070 a little longer and spend, you know, like, 1200 bucks or whatever. It might have been $1,500. i am starting with a, a little bit better setup, like, more RAM and a better CPU than, than the last time I did this. I was like, or I can double the price of my computer and also buy a new GPU and like keep this one whole cloth as like another PC to like give to my kid or to share in the the new commune or something, you know. But it's like, nope, not doing that now. You know, maybe something will change by the time I actually finally get around to getting a another new or getting my next computer. But feels unlikely at this point. I mean, right now. Even though the pre-built prices are also way up from what they should be, 
it it feels kind of ridiculous building a a system from scratch right now. Yeah, unless you absolutely. have a very particular reason for it. Yeah, but there's some absolutely ridiculous builds I've seen. I've, I've seen gaming PCs, gaming PCs, sarcasm quotes, uh, that would struggle to get 30 FPS on anything north of like three years old. Yeah, lots of really horrible pre-built PCs, pre-built air quotes gaming PCs. Yeah, and you can't even say it's a flash gaming machine anymore because there's no flash. It's a flash, yeah. Dead technology. Or the other one is uh, pre-builds that have a somewhat decent uh, uh, video card that's either underpowered in the power supply or has absolutely no no drop storage. Yeah. I saw one that was rocking a whole, I think it was 256 uh, uh, worth of memory on an SSD. I mean, after Windows, you're you're going to get what one modern game, if that. Yeah, maybe, but you know, one day maybe it'll all swing back around to somewhat normal, or the granted, you know, depending on how you feel about buying a secondhand GPU and the chances of getting one from a crypto miner and how you feel about those things, like. I mean, I got my 1070 secondhand from a crypto mining rig, and I haven't had any issues out of it. And it's been in my machine for coming up on two years now. Yeah, but that's also anecdotal as well, right? Yeah, but I was going to say, but yes, that is anecdotal evidence. And, you know, that's not the most reliable evidence. I mean, I'm for me, I'm not really too worried to take a chance because I can I, I feel confident to tear down a GPU, replace all the thermals on it, replace the fan or fans if need be. Like, I feel confident to do that, but, yeah, but not everybody even, does, or not yeah, everybody even wants getting to go through it. Even getting a GPU secondhand uh, right now is just stupid expensive. Yeah. God, I bought my, I got my, my 1070, like, at the perfect time before the market, the secondhand market ex- imploded. Um, I paid, like, $250 or something like that for my 1070. <laughs> How much is a GTX 1070 now? GTX 1070. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Four gigs. Or sorry, not four gigs. 400. 325. 300. 330. Oh, here's one. Oh, it's got six days left on it. I was going to say, this one's only $137. It's got six days left on it. So for the for most of them are in the $300 plus range. So they've come back down. I remember at one point I was looking at GPUs, and I just, you know, same thing, shits and giggles, went and looked at my my exact 1070 model, and they were like five dollars $600 for a GPU that's... How old's the, the 10, 1070 now? Six years? Seven years? How? No, it's not quite that old. I don't... Actually, I don't know. GTX... In 70 release date, I guess. Uh, do June 10th, 2016. Oh my. 18, 19, 20. Yeah, six years old. Jeez. I mean, on the one hand, that, that feels crazy to me. On the other hand, that's a testament to how good that series of cards was compared to 
gaming, like how gaming has progressed. I mean, you you could not do uh, 2K or 4K gaming. I don't know how it would work at 1440p. But, I mean, I play at 1080. I prefer a high refresh rate on a, I guess you could say, lower resolution at this point in time. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. People's visual acuity can and and will, you know, pick up at, you know, higher resolutions and higher details and stuff. But my vision is garbage. And I don't use ginormous monitors and I don't sit ridiculously close to them. I mean, I have 24-inch monitors, two 24-inch monitors. So 1080p gaming at uh, an ultra-high refresh rate is still much preferred for me. And the 1070 yeah, still yeah, does good like work. Yeah, it looks like mine is getting dumped now from uh, crypto miners. So yeah. I'm not seeing You've my exact... RX. Do you have the 580? Uh, 480. 480, but mine's the 8 gig version. Yeah. So it's $150, I mean, that's still not bad. No. And it's been a decent little video card for me. I mean, obviously, I'm CPU-bound now, than, uh, or sorry, GPU-bound uh, rather than CPU-bound. Yeah, but... But it does well enough for now, at least. Yeah. That was a, that was a tangent. So what we do on this show, though, we do tangents. Yeah, uh, we uh, we learned it from our fathers, <laughs> our pod fathers, indeed. Okay, it looks like my exact one. Uh, if you go to uh, the Sapphire Nitro Plus, uh, you're looking at well, some people are putting it 170, others are trying to sell it for 400 new. So yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Well, uh, you're going to move on to our next news topic? Uh, yeah. As I need to go back over to the actual topic list instead of poking around eBay and having them try to sell me video cards for the next three weeks. Indeed, that will happen. Um, no, our next news topic, meet the hundreds of horse girls running Red Dead's online's, running Red Dead Online's kindest posse. I mean, uh, this is uh, another kind of sp- splinter off of gamers coming together during hard times known as the COVID lockdown, right? COVID. COVID's the plague. And finding well, a place to embrace their real life interest in video games. And in this case, it's people that love horses and love to ride horses. Yeah. And um, even though you absolutely hated the game itself and how uh, slow it was to loot things, uh, you don't loot things whenever you're just riding around a pretty countryside looking at your horse's balls shrivel up because it's got cold. <laughs> you are you are correct. That is correct. Um, yeah. So uh, there is, let's see, the person that they are mentioning here. Professional equine photographer Chelsea Ferris Ferras definitely loves horses. Um, Well, she's also... uh, She photographs them, so I would hope so. Indeed. I just, like, I just read the first line. Um, But that's... So that's who she is, and there was a... Once the uh, COVID lockdowns kicked in in the early part of 2020, um, 
lots of people who uh, rode horses weren't able to go do so. You know, there is a certainly a group of people who ride horses that are extremely wealthy and have their own horses and pastures and things. But lots of people, I don't know if, if this is realized, but there are lots of places where you can go and publicly stable horses and ride them and, you know, help keep them. And, you know, there, there exists this little, um, I don't, I don't know how little it is, but, but, you know, this industry of like horses that, that people can own or sort of timeshare. It's very interesting. Um, I know a decent amount about this, actually. I've had a couple of clients who have been really interested in horses and um, living in, you know, in, in the city of Chattanooga uh, at the time. She was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have a farm. I don't have horses. But there's this farm out here that, you know, you can buy a horse and stable it at and you just have to take care of it and pay fees and they'll feed it for you. But, you know, you have to go and uh, clean it and brush it and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so you know people couldn't go do that during covid um and as a way to engage with uh, a hobby that they really enjoy they started meeting up in red dead online to do so and the lady that's in the article um, it goes on to say that you know most of these things were on console and she plays on pc so she worked to organize uh one on pc the pc posse the pc posse uh, and it's not just uh, you know them riding around, but an active, ch- uh, essentially chat room with them uh, riding horses. Yeah, a, a good uh, way uh, for them to socialize and enjoy some horseback riding in in a different sort of way. And they bring up the parallels to that in how Animal Crossing was for people at uh, essentially the same time, where it was the social hubs. Yeah, and and it still is. I mean, that's the thing is that yeah, just because the lockdowns are gone doesn't mean that uh, they're no longer doing this. They're, it's still actually pretty active. Uh, well, this particular group, I should say. Yeah, and I, I know that there's people that uh, get on like Forza and do travelongs as well, and so yeah, it's all these uh, little splinter communities. that's kind of been more embraced uh, uh, through, uh, you know, our shared, you know, trauma that is, you know, the COVID lockdowns, right? Yeah. The shared, tra- the shared traumatic experiences that we've had and the way that, you know, modern technology allows us to deal and process through them as a society, as a culture. It's super, super cool stuff. I mean, I talk to people about this kind of thing all the time in therapy, um, both as an education tool for, like, I've not done any official trainings, but that would be cool if I could. But, um, you know, to educate my fellow therapists and particularly older ones who don't understand how the level of social connectedness that that these kinds of things, you know, gaming and the digital experience can provide people. But also, you know, on an individual basis, you know, talking to people like, hey, you know, you seem like you're kind of lonely and you're kind of socially isolated. Like what online communities could you find to participate in and have found people, you know, who have hobbies that, you know, like, oh, that doesn't exist. There's not a community for that online. And like, of of course there is. But, you know, someone who's older or, you know, not as tech or Internet savvy, you know, wouldn't know. And I love these sorts of things, you know, like. I remember 
you know, doing the same kind of thing in like MMOs in the past. Yeah, MMOs were a lot more sociable. Yeah, that's what Mond was growing up. Uh, yeah, late nineties, early two thousands, where you know, there social media wasn't a thing. You didn't have people that you could you know, really talk to easily. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, uh, I remember EverQuest uh, being a big one for me, and that was a huge social MMO back in the day. Yeah. But now MMOs are really relegated that uh, social aspect of themselves, which is kind of a detriment in my opinion. Where, yeah. uh, you know, everything's so streamlined, it's, uh, you know, uh, in and out of a dungeon without really having to talk to anybody. Uh, at least towards the end of my experience with WoW. Yeah. I mean, I had that, that same, you know, that similar type of experience with WoW. Um, Eve Online, you know, like those are my two big ones where I was sociable with people, although I've played a bunch of MMOs, but uh, is it considered sociable if you're ripping them all off? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can have a good time while you do it. That's that that's sociable, kind of. But yeah, I remember, you know, hanging out in the guild hall and uh uh in EverQuest uh you know, just chatting with guildmates for uh, quite a while. But yeah, that one uh, kind of died off for me because the guild died. And it was a small server, so right. Yeah, but you know, we you know we use Discord, um, and you know my tabletop groups and stuff use Discord. But this is just doing the same thing, and you know maybe they're using Discord to talk to one another. I don't remember seeing that in the article, but. I could have missed it, but you know, regardless, like yeah, there, yeah, there was some sort of chat going back and forth because they would uh, send chat and uh, ride along, and, yeah. and, talk, and talked about game tips and just uh, the, uh, about the countryside and that sort of thing, right? But I mean, you know, that's just Discord is just a tool to help facilitate the, the communication, just like this is, you know, playing Red Dead Online or or whatever you know game that anybody chooses to play to engage with their friends and in, in that way in that socializing. It's uh, it's good. I I love to see stuff like this. Makes me happy. I don't know how much more I have really to say about it. Good use of technology gives me the warm fuzzies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, uh, a way to use uh, Red Dead Redemption that uh, doesn't actively piss you off. <laughs> yes, it doesn't actively piss me off. Correct. Yeah. So I'm should not- we uh, move on to something that would actively piss us off? Yeah. Let's let's move on. I'll let you read this Ubisoft, one. Uh, in their latest Galaxy Brain move, decides to gift gummy NFTs to its employees. <sighs> well, we've uh, avoided talking about NFTs for a while, so here we go. Back into the uh, scum, right? Back into yep. the swamp of it. Gonna so, roll our sleeves uh, up. As a bonus for. Anniversary of, uh, I think it was Rainbow Six. They gifted Rainbow Six NFTs to their employees. Yep. Trying to pass it off as this major bonus that they were giving everybody. Uh, Sorry, it was Ghost Ghost Recon. Uh, They were giving it to the Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint team. Because, right? Yeah. Technology was first implemented. Ugh. Yep, and and to make it even worse, you know, they they gifted these quote unquote they gifted these NFTs 
And then the people who got them didn't like them and mm-hmm. were complaining, you know, the team leads and stuff. And then Ubisoft is like, well, they just don't get it. They they just they don't get it. You know, these these are good things. Like they don't get it. What are they doing? And I have have yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Like just Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. Why? Basically, they're trying to uh, normalize this uh, cash grab so that they can uh, exploit it even more. Because, hey, if it's what they, uh, Ubisoft is good at, it's exploitation. I wonder how they gave them to them. Like, uh, they talk about injecting it into their crypto wallet, so maybe uh, they have to have some sort of wallet uh, uh, as part of their employee enslavement. Oh, no. I was going to say, like, I was thinking, like, well, what if you don't have a crypto wallet? What, like, did they assign you one? Did they tell you you have to get one? Like, how does that work? What are you doing here, Ubisoft? I mean, you know, they're being scummy, terrible, uh, a scummy, terrible employer. That I mean, that's what they're doing. But hang on. What is this that I missed? Da, da, da. I just, like, I scanned down this article again, and I saw you quote, it's three to four years of work for a fucking auction house, one current developer told Kotaku. Yeah, this was, uh, mind you, Rainbow Six Breakpoint. Or, sorry, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I don't know why I keep saying Rainbow Six. Maybe that's just because I have no interest in Ghost Recon. And whenever I think uh, uh, Ubisoft Shooter, it kind of default to Rainbow Six. Yeah. Well, I mean, while they're nominally different games, Ubisoft's de- design philosophy makes them feel exactly the same or mm-hmm. close enough that they're interchangeable in your mind. But anyways, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's still Tom Clancy. Yeah. Or, or you know, a, a Tom Clancy game, even though they're, you know, they NFT uh, Tom Clancy now. Uh, I, I remember reading about how, much of a broken mess this game was, and it just kind of fell off the radar afterwards. So, the fact that, you know, their reward for, you know, trying to fix this absolute mess of a game was a picture of a hat. Not even a yeah. hat. A picture yeah. of a hat. Not e- not even a hat. Not even a, a hat in, in a game that they play. A bullshit, scammy picture of a hat. Which- which the Gotaku article has a screenshot of the NFT, so hey, right-click, save as, right? There you go, although I don't I don't know why you would. Not that great looking. Well, but yeah, I mean, it is a Ubisoft product, so. True. I, I still remember a couple of years ago when they called Aiden Pierce's hat iconic, when it's like, this is a brand new game, how can this hat be iconic? But that's just them trying to do their own branding and marketing hype. I still think it's hilarious uh, looking back on Watch Dogs. No, I'm totally not part of this uh, hacker group while wearing hat of hacker group. Yeah. I'm not a part of them. I just think their hat looks nice. Sue me. Uh, but the whole point, of, well, yeah, well, pseudo point of NFTs is the, you know, the. Trying to yeah have some sort of sellability to them, and 
if they're pushing out all these uh, NFTs for the developers, you know, it's not going to have any you know, value to right. There, yeah. Are, 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 are there are there people that crazy for Rainbow? Uh, I did it again. Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint that they would want to spend an absolute fortune on these uh, Beanie Baby receipts. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I mean, they're all intentionally devaluing. Well, I know. Yeah, intentionally devaluing the currency to make the scam mm-hmm. better. Or stronger? I don't know what the... Cause it, it's like, you know, if you're trying to foist your currency off on somebody, then you're trying to drag somebody else into the ecosystem. I mean, it, it's a pyramid scheme. pyramid schemes. Yeah. yeah. You uh, oh, sound like you're yeah. about to say something there. Uh, no, no, I'm just kind of just depressed. <laughs> there have been a lot of developers, like, you know, game studios and independent developers, and even some sort of mid-level studios that are like, nah, dude, we're not going to fuck around with this NFT stuff. And last week, or maybe two weeks ago, I don't remember. In the last couple of weeks, there was um like a whole bunch of devs that signed like an open letter to the gaming industry or whatever, and you know basically was like, "Screw this, we're not doing NFTs. Like, you can't make us. We will quit before you, you know, we let you make or before we allow you to force us to put NFTs in games." And I'm like, "Yeah, go mid tier developers. You guys rock. You know, we'll see if they actually stick." to their convictions or not. But hopefully mm-hmm. this thing that happened yesterday or two days ago with like $200 million worth of NFTs being stolen in a, uh, a phishing attack. Will, yeah. That's um, what like uh, a gigabyte worth of, uh, um, uh, monkeys. Maybe, maybe one gigabyte of, of monkey JPEGs. Uh, I'm sorry. Beanie baby receipts. But, um, yeah. NFTs suck. I, I like spread the gospel of not getting into NFTs. There was somebody who came into my office today. She was a a drug rep. I, I guess I get a third story, although this one will be in the main podcast. Um, and she was coming in to talk about her new medicine, and she was like, after she did her presentation, she was like, "Hey, do you any, like do you have you any of you heard of these NFT things?" And I was like, "Yeah, don't invest in them. They're a pyramid scheme. They're a scam. You will." At best, lose your money. At worst, other things can happen. Like, someone could scam you out of your, you know, identity as well, and, like, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, oh, wow, like, you're very passionate about this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm passionate about not, you know, wasting all of your money on fraud. She was like, I guess I won't get one. I was like, good, don't get any. I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, they have absolutely no value. The entire point of them is to try to resell them and right yep you know i had i had that phase where i was like really interested in cryptocurrency tried mining it for a little while you know became interested in it as a technology and then it, my interest on it kind of faded away because i was like oh you know for the most part this just seems like a weird speculative investment thing a lot of it doesn't make any sense and then it's like oh okay now we're using it like to just scam people. And like, it turns out he was always being used to scam people. And I just didn't know enough about the history of it. And NFTs like threw the door wide open. I'm like, Oh, this is really, really scammy and not just really scammy. So anyways, mm-hmm. that was a tangent. Yeah. So can we get off this now? Yeah, let's, let's get off of this and go talk about our final news topic of the week. Pro gamer. 
fired after saying men under five foot seven don't have human rights. Oh, what a mess this one is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to just uh, preface this uh, or say most likely former pro gamer. Yeah. Because I doubt any pro teams are going to want to touch her again. So this is a Japanese pro gamer. Um, Haku Kanlea? I don't know. Tanukana? 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. So she basically said anybody that is below the average height in Japan, because the average height in Japan is 170 centimeters or 5 feet 7.2 inches, do not deserve human rights. Yep. And actually went out of her way to highlight that this is not a translation issue or her using the wrong words. Um, duh, duh, duh. Uh, men who are under 170 uh, centimeters do not have human rights. She said, uh, she added that they uh, should look into getting bone lengthening surgery. <laughs> right? Yeah. And apparently this isn't the first time she said something that's really horrible. No, she's talked about women that have a small breast, also do not deserve human rights. Yeah. Uh, and also, of course, uh, against uh, LGBTQ and blacks. Because, of course. Yep. And she's told people on stream that they're trash and, like, trash society. Um, you know, and the article says that she told someone uh, during a stream that they should kill themselves. Like, this is this doesn't seem like a very nice lady. To and Also, uh, during a live stream in 2018... Uh, with a South Korean uh, player, uh, she giggled and uh, tried to get uh, people to to call the South Korean gamer gay. Yep. So not a very, not a very nice, very. Cool I, I'm lady. honestly surprised that she lasted so long. Yeah. As because, am I. Uh, she gave a half-hearted apology and. In Japanese culture, that just uh, that's kicking the hornet's nest. <laughs> yep. Then her sponsor tried to give one, which did not go well. And ooh. and like you know, different. And my experience, obviously, is primarily with American, and then secondarily with other Western I mean, culture. I'm, I'm just uh, I kind of had a flashback to PewDiePie. I was literally gonna say, like, you know, this reminds me of PewDiePie in the time that he went on stream. It stream, well, one of the times, one of the many times he went on stream and used racial slurs, specifically, you know, the N word and other things. It's like making fun of Jewish people and gay people. It's like, hang on a second, like he's still going strong, as far as I know. If like, anything, uh, got uh, more of a following. Yeah, but it might also be a cultural thing. You know, no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, I don't know. It might also be... Uh, boy, this is going to make me yeah, sound old and crunching, but well, what the hell. Uh, could be a difference in target uh, for their age demographics as well, where PewDiePie tends to target you know, the more edgier, younger crowd. Yeah. While this lady got in trouble with her corporate sponsors... Yeah. Right? And I use the term lady very loosely in this one. <laughs> Bitch. 
no, that's probably uncalled for. That's probably a step too far on my part. But uh, well, well, it depends on her cup size. Oh, touche. And I'm talking in reference to what she said. Yeah. So. Or or, or would it be height as well? Uh, well, she I mean she's she's a lady, not a dude. So maybe the height standards don't apply to her. Guess it depends on what she said in the past. Well, it sounds like common decency also didn't apply to her. You know what? You're right. You make a, a fine point there. So, yep, that's that's it. Shitty person gets uh, gets shit canned. I guess we'll yeah, find out if she ever gets back into the industry or not, or if she's been blackballed. I mean, honestly, not really going to go out of my way to look for her, but eh, right? No, neither am I. Make a, a fine point there. But yeah, that does it for our news this week, uh, which was all... Like we said, catching up on community corner stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how, where can people get in touch to send us the things, Rach? Well, you can send it to. over to us at vtlpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could uh, tweet it to us, vtlpodcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vtlpodcast.podbean.com. Indeed. Uh, how do you feel about a discovery queue? I'm okay, but I didn't announce I could, it as part I of could, the show. I could doubly do. All we right. could always we could always do you know a really shitty, a shitty edit into it. <laughs> right, right, right. I don't know. Even doing a shitty edit takes too much work. So, so uh, as usual, I have my discovery queue loaded and ready to go with Tiny Combat Arena. This feels like di- uh, early '90s flight sim combat <laughs> and it is glorious it's early access pretty cheap as well i mean <laughs> I, I i grew up on stuff like this so seeing something like this pop up yeah makes me smile yeah i'm going to look at it right now tiny combat arena Ooh, i wasn't that- joking when i said 90s flight si- or combat flight sim yeah that looks neat I want it. Maybe it'll. Sh- I mean, we'll see if it shows up later in my queue. Uh, it looks like they're expecting uh, it to be a year in some change on early access. Yeah, but not set in stone, so they are leaving it open for extended uh, time. So there is that. Yeah. So I got um, Bad End Theater. This is a sort of a looks like a choose your own adventure type of game where the, there's different characters and you make different choices to get different branching paths. You get different endings. Seems like most of the endings are bad and you're trying to find the way to save the cast by getting the good, like the one good ending. Uh, says it takes approximately three hours to see all of the endings. So kind of short. Kind of short, but I can appreciate it in a, a shorter gaming experience, especially for something like this, because you, you play through, you figure out how to get the ending, and then that's kind of it. So I'm okay with it being shorter. It doesn't bother me. Ten bucks. May or may not be worth it. Don't know. Up to you um, to decide. Yeah, I'm still looking. I had quite a few DLCs that were of games I don't really want to talk about. Right. I mean, well, I've got another one if you want to go for it. Yeah, so I got. Let me get a link. This is called The Signal State. 
Um, this is a post-apocalyptic puzzle game where that you're trying to repair machines that you find um, and sort of rebuild, restart agriculture on the planet. I don't know. It's 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 very interesting. Like you see waveforms down there. And I don't know if this is supposed to be like an oscilloscope or what. The uh, the screenshots don't really give you much other than just the puzzle. Although watching the trailer, uh, looks like there's some some dialogue. There's a story here. You're just trying to fix people's machinery and and get things going back again. It looks neat. But it's, it's saying that's like a really complex puzzle. And I guess if you're trying to, like, figure out timings and stuff with electrical pulses. I don't know. It looks neat. I realize I'm saying that a lot, but this just looks different, you know? Like, I've never seen a a game quite like this before, at least in the way that it's presented. And that's saying something. It's got a demo. Um, Might check that out. 20 bucks if you want to buy it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I was looking at your game. Similar to games you played, Space Kim and uh, uh, Infinifactory. <laughs> so, yo, right? Yep, I could see that. I, I could see that. Did, uh, did but, you get one? Yeah, I got uh, while well, I was looking at this one before, but I hadn't uh, dove into it more. Uh, Monarch. This looks very Persona-esque. Uh, Anime-style life sim plus RPG. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot of reviews. There's not a lot of info on this. It is a very, 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 very expensive game for what it is, though, which is a little... Eh, right? Yeah. I mean, they have the Ultimate Edition that's $75 with a bunch of cosmetic DLC on it, which is a little tough to swallow on that one. I don't know anything about this series. It looks like there's more than one. So. Alright. Yeah. But I'm just looking at this. I see so much persona. uh, Yeah, like DNA here. Yeah, I see that. I can can see that. Alright. I'm on a roll tonight, so I got another one. Like, my next game, I got one. Uh, Warno. Warno? Warno? Um... This is uh, a war game, a uh, post or like a, a World War Three Cold War turns hot game, which feels uh, oddly topical uh, given the current events in the Ukraine. Um, but uh, as soon as I saw this, I was like, "Oh, is this the next war gaming game? Like war gaming Red Dragon and and war gaming Cold War?" Um, and this is a because that series has been dead for a little while now, to my knowledge. And uh, the the developer like has got down there and there, you know, about action. Like this is a spiritual successor to the acclaimed war game series, so that makes sense. Why it looks like war game and the war game, you know, Red Dragon and War Game Cold War, excellent games, really good real time strategy games. So if this is anything like that, then then this will be an expansive, well put together strategy game. It's forty bucks, uh, which feels a little rich for my blood right now. Um, but, you know, once the move is done and I can spend some more time and more money on things, like, this is one that I might buy. Okay, I found something rather cute. Pee-wee. A cooperative co-op postal bird game. 
where you play as one of a pair of Kiwis manning a post office. I see. Uh, co-op only. So it does look like it has online co-op from what I can tell. I'm yeah. not sure if they're using the uh, uh, the Steam remote play thing going on or what, but it has kind of a uh, overcooked meets like we were at, uh, we were here going on. Yeah, where you have to uh, type out by each individual bird typing on letters, a uh, uh, managing. Uh, packages, delivering uh, things, moving letters around. I mean, it is adorable looking, but also looks infuriating with the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, again, my next game. I'm still on a roll. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. This is an upcoming real-time strategy game um, set in the Terminator... Uh, series, but kind of it during the war period, it looks like, as opposed to, you know, the time travel shenanigans of the movie, um, which may or may not be good. I don't know. The Terminator game that came out last year or two years ago, uh, maybe? So the one this that was is the... on the new timeline, I'm assuming, with Dark Fate? Yes. Yes. Yeah, on the so, new timeline. Yeah, so the... I think it's the latest Terminator movie, Dark Fate. Yeah. Uh, uh so. Essentially rebooted Terminator to a different timeline. Yeah, and to sort of modernize some of the things and bring uh, in some stuff like... I, I knew a lot of people absolutely hated the movie, but I thought it was fun. The, yeah, it was a fun movie. It had some weird stuff in it because they you know, wanted to shoehorn in uh, Sarah Connor again and um, bring Arnold you know, back again, 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 you know, but it was... Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, well, it was fun, maybe. It was, it was fine. It was fun. I don't know if I'd say. Let, this, let's, but. Put it, let's put it this way: it's better than some of the more uh, modern Terminators that they've tried to do. Yeah, but anyways, are but still. Yeah, but the um the there was a Terminator game that came out last year or maybe two years ago now. I don't exactly remember, but it was a first-person shooter that was set in you know sort of the same timeline, um, you know the war period, and it was received really well. It was sort of like a double A level you know of quality game that had good solid mechanics and like a good enough story you know for what it was and like it was inexpensive you know i would love to see the return of the double a level game and if this is on that level i'm in i'm in for some double a sort of cheesy voice acted real-time strategy games bring them on so you know i'm gonna mention this and kind of hope for the best there's no release date it just says coming soon but you know, hopefully coming soon means this year sometime. Mm-hmm. So I got Space Flight Simulator. Uh, this is a, well, Spice, uh, Space Flight Simulator. Think of it essentially Kerbal without the charm of Kerbals. Yeah. Uh, set in uh, you know, uh, our solar system. So, you know, they show Mars with uh, some of the more prominent landmarks on it as long as uh, it's moon phobos so i mean it's definitely not looking bad it does look like it's a 2d only as far as i can tell it's actually a little hard to tell on this one but it does look like it's 2d only so 
Sort of how simple the first Simple Rockets was. And there seems to be, uh, you know, uh, enough time has progressed since Kerbal Space Program got really, 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 really stupidly big that we're gotten to the point that, you know, kind of it's spawn, you know, the the the, uh, the games that, in, that uh, inspired are starting to really come out. So I'm expecting to see a lot more uh, space flight games uh, in the coming you know, few years. Yeah, but especially with you know uh, some of the major space milestones that's been going on, you know, like the first helicopter uh, on another planet last year. Yeah, uh, the James Webb uh, Telescope constantly making news with its uh, countless uh, <laughs> little milestones that's been doing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm expecting to see more space flight, flight stuff, and I'm all for it. Uh, Me as long, too. Uh, it, yeah, as long as it's good, right? And yeah. this one looks like it's a fairly solid one. It has a decent-looking uh, 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 spacecraft editor, so it has that going for it. Which is nice. Um, okay. I got... I actually had to skip a couple that were not good, so... Uh, streak broken. But I got Mecha Jammer. Mecha Jammer? Mecha Jammer. It's all one word. Uh, cyberpunk um, turn-based RPG with a really neat art style. Like this sort of pixel art, like 3D pixel art style is, I guess, the best way I can describe it. Um, but, you know, quote-unquote dark and gritty cyberpunk. But um, I'm all about that. I love Shadowrun. I love the Shadowrun games. You know, those are sort of dark cyberpunk uh, well, fantasy cyberpunk. So, if this brings any of that to the table, I'm in. I love turn-based stuff as well, so win-win for me. So, this one uh, is an oddball. Uh, nobody the turnaround. A realistic survival game where, yeah, society's kind of collapsed and you're trying to... <laughs> Uh, hold on, essentially. Yeah. It, 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 but it's not a solo survival game from the looks of it. It looks like it's a survival game meets life sim, which I know survival games usually are life sims, but more of a uh, suburban uh, life sim where you're an individual character running around with a bunch of NPCs uh, running uh, you know, their own lives as well. Mm-hmm. It, it has kind of a a little bit of a wacky thing going on, like a dancing bear with <laughs> uh, as some sort of entertainment thing going on. So it's not quite post-apocalyptic. It's just odd. Right? Yeah. Almost like a Yakuza almost uh, <laughs> take on uh, survival. It's not out for you know, quite a while. They are still saying this year at some point. What is the... What else? This looks like their, their only game. And a lot of the screenshots are in have kanji, so I'm assuming Chinese or Japanese. Which, you know, I'm not versed enough to be able to tell a difference uh, right off without... Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, interesting. Yep. Um, so... 
I got Space Flight Simulator, which you had. Um, and then I got uh, Monarch, which you had. And then I got a porn game, and then my queue ended. So I had a streak, a, st- a good streak of four, and then one in there in the middle that you didn't have. And then a couple at the end, but you already talked about them. So that's my queue done. What have you got? Uh, I'm looking at this last one real quick. Oh, what the hell? Uh, Claire de Luna. Okay. Or Claire de Lune. A story-driven puzzle adventure game set in a grounded uh, space, uh, sorry, science fiction universe. Which, hey, uh, yo, hard sci-fi is always fun, right? Yeah. I'm in for hard sci-fi. It looks like there are some possible shooting segments as well. But a majority of it is going around in a very almost portal-esque, you know, fi- uh, physics-based uh, 3D pla- uh, platforming and puzzle solving. Some of the advanced technology, you know, definitely you know, is kind of pushing the line on what they, uh, what I would say is, you know, hard sci-fi. Yeah. The computer hacking system is weird, though, or in a good way, where it's going through logic gates to swap around uh, uh, inputs of uh, the of uh, 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 the computer. Um, interesting, right? Yeah, sounds neat. Uh, some mixed reviews, on, at least on the uh, recent ones. So. <laughs> Yeah, it might be worth checking out. And pretty, well, at least right now, pretty cheap. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure 40 is uh, yeah for it, but that's also yeah me being a cheapskate. But yeah, that is the end of my queue. Nice. Well, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit them with them socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me over on the Twitter, Gaming with CR. Or if you wish to be my friend, you can find me on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Uh, just just me. I've just been Jared. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at JMA4707. If you want to see me be angry or shitpost or talk about tabletop stuff. Um, and then you can find me uh, participating on tabletop RPG streams at twitch.tv slash runicarts. Uh, my evil vampire man was, um, uh, taken advantage of by the Goblin King, and he got a taste of his own medicine, which was actually quite good. It was nice to see, like, it's very, even though he's my character, and I'm, you know, enjoying playing him like an evil shit heel, it still feels cathartic to be like, oh, good, this guy got his comeuppance, like, he got a taste of his own medicine. Uh, that was good. Um... But yeah, twitch.tv slash arts to see re-dead me. just yet, right? Yeah, no, not yet. Um, we'll see if he does become that at all. But you can see those on most Wednesdays and then Fridays sometimes. Stuff has been coming up for lots of players. It's made it hard to do Battletech. And then you can meet my friend on Steam, jarthur4707, or you can talk to me if you come show up on our Discord. That would be cool. Indeed. And if uh, you wish to contact us, once again, it's VGLpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics. Tweet them to us, VGLpodcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find that along with all our other stuff. 
over at visualpodcast.podbean.com. And if you to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this all possible. You find out more at patreon.com slash Podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his work over at, at com, And he also did the Discovery Key music. Doobly-doo. Still over at com, And... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.